Chapter 10 of the Sixth Mansion of the Interior Castle by St. Teresa of Avila. This is a Discerning Hearts recording read by Chris McGregor. The Interior Castles or the Mansions by St. Teresa of Avila. Translated by the Benedictines of Stanbrook. Our Lord communicates with the soul by means of these apparitions on many occasions, sometimes when it is afflicted, at other times when it is about to receive some heavy cross, and again for the sake of the mutual delight of himself and his beloved. There is no need for me to specify each different case, nor do I intend to do so. I only wish to teach you, as far as I am acquainted with them myself, what are the different favors God shows the soul in this state, so that you may understand their characteristics and the effects they produce. Thus you will not mistake every idle fancy for a vision, and if you really see one, knowing that such a thing is possible, you will not be disturbed nor unhappy. The devil, who gains greatly by it, is delighted to see a soul troubled and distressed, knowing how this hinders it from employing itself wholly in loving and serving God. His Majesty has far higher ways of communicating himself to the soul. They are less dangerous, for I do not think the evil spirit can imitate them. They are more difficult to explain, being more abstruse. Therefore, imaginary visions are easier to describe. God is sometimes pleased, while a person is engaged in prayer and in perfect possession of her senses, to suspend them and to discover sublime mysteries to her which she appears to see within God himself. This is no vision of the most sacred humanity, nor can I rightly say the soul sees, for it sees nothing. This is no imaginary vision, but a highly intellectual one, wherein is manifested how all things are beheld in God and how he contains them within himself. It is of a great value, for although passing in an instant, it remains deeply engraved in the memory producing a feeling of great shame in the mind which perceives more clearly the malice of offenses against God, since these most heinous sins are committed within his very being, since we dwell within him. I will try to explain this truth to you by a comparison, for although it is obvious and has been often told us, we either never reflect upon it or do not wish to understand it. If we realized it, we could not possibly behave with such audacity. Let us compare God to a very spacious and magnificent mansion or palace, and remember that this edifice is God himself. Can the sinner withdraw from it in order to carry out his crimes? No, certainly not, for within this very palace, that is, within God himself, are perpetrated all the abominations, impurities, and evil deeds that sinners commit. Oh, how awful a thought, well worthy to be pondered over. What profit it would bring to us, who know so little and understand these truths but partially, or how could we possibly be so reckless in our daring? Let us, sisters, meditate on the infinite mercy and patience of God in not casting us down to hell at once and let us render him hearty thanks. Surely we should be ashamed of resenting anything done or said against us. We, who are the scum of the earth, 
when we see what outrages are offered to God, our Creator, within His very being, by us, His creatures. Yet we are wounded whenever we hear of an unkind word having been spoken of us in our absence, although perhaps with no evil intention. O misery of mankind! When, daughters, shall we imitate Almighty God in any way? O let us not think we are doing great things if we suffer injuries patiently. Rather, let us bear them with alricity. Let us love our enemies, since this great God has not ceased to love us in spite of our many sins. This is indeed the chief reason that all should forgive any harm done them. I assure you, daughters, that though this vision passes very quickly, our Lord has bestowed signal grace on her to whom he grants it, if she seeks to profit by keeping it constantly in mind. Short as the time lasts, yet in a manner impossible to describe, God also manifests that in him there is a verity which makes all truth in creatures seem obscure. He convinces the soul that he alone is that truth which cannot lie, thus demonstrating the meaning of David's words in the psalm, Every man is a liar, which could never be thus realized by any other means, however often we might hear that God is truth infallible. As I recall Pilate and how he besought our Lord in his passion to answer his question, What is truth? I realize how little mortals know of that sublime veracity. I wish I could explain this better, but I am unable to do so. Let us learn from it, sisters, that if we would bear any resemblance to our God and our spouse, we must strive to walk ever in the truth. I do not mean merely that we should not tell falsehoods. Thank God, I see in these convents you are most careful never to do so in any account. But I desire that as far as possible we should act with perfect truth before God and man, and above all, that we should not wish to be thought better than we are, that in all our deeds we should ascribe to God what is his, and attribute what is ours to ourselves, and that we should seek for verity in all things. Thus we shall care little for this world, which is but deception and falsehood, and therefore cannot last. Once, while I was wondering why our Lord so dearly loves the virtue of humility, the thought suddenly struck me, without previous reflection, that it is because God is the supreme truth, and humility is the truth. For it is most true that we have nothing good of ourselves, but only misery and nothingness. Whoever ignores this lives a life of falsehood. They that realize this fact most deeply are the most pleasing to God, the supreme truth for they walk in the truth. God grants, sisters, that we may have the grace never to lose this self-knowledge. Amen. Our Lord shows the soul these favors because she is now indeed his bride, resolute to do his will in all things. Therefore he wishes to give her some idea of how to accomplish it and to manifest to her some of his divine attributes. I need say no more about it, but I believe the two points above mentioned will prove very useful.
These favors should cause no fear, but lead us to praise God for bestowing these graces. I think neither the devil nor our imaginations can have much to do with them. Therefore, the soul may rest in perfect peace.